Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hello, I'm Gavin Emmett, and this is the BT Sport MotoGP podcast. And the season already seems far too far away now, doesn't it? But to fill your racing boots in the meantime, we've got this special episode with Moto3 world champion Brad Binder, where he looks back on his 2016 season and discusses his future career plans. It's a great listen, so enjoy. So, Brad, 2016 Moto3 world champion. Uh, has it sunk in yet? Not really. Honestly, everything's carrying on as normal. You know, it was a bit strange. Like, I didn't understand what was going on the, the week after Aragon because I expected something different, but... What did you expect? I don't know. I don't know what to expect, but I expected something different. <laughs> and honestly, like, uh, you know, I woke up on Monday morning, went cycling. We went for a little cycle, like, well, we had the test, so Tuesday morning. Tuesday morning, woke up, went cycling, and... You know, everything I'd been doing since the first day of December was planning to try and win the championship. And then when it was all over, you kind of, I was kind of thinking to myself, you know what, now? But uh, yeah, it was good. I had a good time. There's been nine different winners this year in Moto3, but you've clearly stood out. You've clearly been head and shoulders above the rest. Why? You know, I wouldn't, I definitely wouldn't say far above the rest, but you know, I think this year I've really been re I've been really consistent. I mean, uh, out of all the races this year, it's only three races I haven't finished on the podium. So, um, you know, I think a lot of it comes down to having such an amazing team behind me. You know, we are, we arrive to the track, we have a great base setting. Uh, you know, they've got so much experience, and you know, we always go into the weekend with the plan already worked out. So I think that's definitely got a lot to do with all the results this season. Yeah, so, so what do you, yeah, you put that down because this is down to the team. It's got to be a lot of yourself about the preparation that you did from December. You mentioned that's where yeah. your season started. So what did you do? You know, in December, I looked at this year as, you know, this is my last chance. If I want to actually try make make a career out of this season, well, out of, out of this, I need it's all going to be this season. So, uh, you know, in December, I trained flat out. You know, I took one week off and then... Since then was full gas. Every, every morning I woke up was with the aim to try and win the championship. And you know, uh, I think, you know, in the off season, I think I made quite a big step because um, last year, I mean, there were many points where I struggled a lot, like in the qualifying and to try hold a good rhythm and all of these things. And you know, all, all winter, this is what I really try to work on. And uh, it was strange because as soon as I jumped on the bike for the first time in Valencia, these points that I was really weak in, I seemed to have improved. And I wasn't really riding much in the off-season, you know? 
So I think something clicked and uh, I hope it stays. <laughs> <laughs> Do you really feel it was a make or break year for you that, you know, not that it'd be the end of your career, but if you really wanted to, to be a success, you had to do it this year. Is that what you honestly felt? Yeah, I mean, you know, this is this is my fifth season in Moto3. So, I've, you know, I wanted to go to Moto2 already this year. And uh, thank God I never. <laughs> you know, uh, but, you know, I felt like this year is it. You know, I need to come in, I need to get, do great, well, get good, great results, do well every weekend. And uh, hopefully, if I can do the best job possible at the end of the year, we got the World Championship. And uh, yeah, we got the job done, so I'm pretty stoked. <laughs> um, do you feel like you're easily the best rider in the class? No, not at all. I mean, you know, when, when I go out and I race the guys, I'm almost always in a group with 10, 12 other riders. I just feel like I have a bit more experience and I maybe I have a little bit left in my pocket, you know, where the other guys might be pushing at their 100%. I feel sometimes I'm riding at 90, you know? So then for the last three laps, I can almost try position myself exactly where I want to be and um, basically just put myself in a, the correct position to try and cross the line first. And of course, you hadn't won until this season and then you had that unbelievable first win in Jerez. Not only your first win, but from the back of the grid. Yeah. How, how important was that to you? You know, it was, it was so strange because I couldn't understand why I couldn't win one race before and then they put me at the back of the grid and I managed to actually win. So it was a bit weird at the beginning. <laughs> but, uh, you know, that's where everything changed pretty much. After then, I really believed, you know, like, okay, this is my year and I can try and win a lot more races. Was there a mental change? I wouldn't say it's a full-on mental change. It was just that, you know, I'd come second, I don't know how many times. And seconds and thirds, I'd had plenty podiums, but I just had not won a race yet. I'd been close, but just never got the job done. And then uh, after that, it just seemed more easy. I don't know why. <laughs> Something clicked. Because that start was brilliant, wasn't it, to the year? You were at seven consecutive podiums yeah. from the start of the season. That, that obviously has been the key to your whole year to start that well. So mm -hmm. why were you able to do that? Why were you able to get on the podium every time? Is it down to experience? You know, I think basically we haven't got to a track where I've well, we've had one track this year where I really struggled and all weekend it looked like I was going to struggle to come 10th. And then uh, I really, in the race, I tried everything I possibly could and I came third and that was in Texas. So after that, every other weekend, everything's pretty much worked out well for us. And, um, you know, when, when I arrive to a track, before I've even done one lap, I know all my braking markers, we have all the data from previous years and uh, I don't know why, but it just feels like everything almost, it comes together. And was the pressure on you that time, with Miguel having just missed out on the title last year and he'd moved up, did you feel the pressure from inside the team, from KTM? No, well, obviously there was a, a bit of pressure, you know, I knew I had to get good results. But at the end of the day, you know, Aki was, he's really good at keeping you calm. You know, he basically just explains to me, you know, at the end of the year, it's, you're, it's not down to how many races you win it, but it's like a lot of the consistency and it's the work you put in all weekend. You know, if you arrive in free practice one, work, give you 110%, by the time you arrive to the race, you're ready for it, you know? And I think that's one thing we've made quite a big step in because last year I was really focused on just trying to see my name on top of the timesheet. Where at the end of the day, this year, I don't care if I'm seventh, eighth, you know, but if I have really good rhythm, that's all I, I worry about. And then you kind of start the race and uh, you see the guys that are putting these one, two really fast laps, they end up being nowhere really. 
So it's all about rhythm in Moto3, it seems like. Having Aki as a team boss must instill you with confidence. He's been there, he's done that. He's won the championships with Mark Marquez, with Cortese, with Mike D'Amelio as well. So is that where the calm comes from, do you think? You know, I think he has a very, he's got a very, his own system, you know. Aki is an incredibly special guy, you know. He has his way and his way, it seems to work. <laughs> so I'm trying to follow a little bit his style, you what know. What is his way then? You know, for me, he just seems like he's a, he tr always tries to keep every situation as simple as possible and super calm, you know. I feel like every time you get too excited or you try to do something a bit erratic, you always seem to make mistakes. And you know, for, it's not, not just Aki, but the whole team, they almost have the same style that like, you go out, you do your job, and if you do your job properly, the results will come. Now the middle part of the season, there was a lull. I will say lull, it was two races. You had obviously Assen where you made your first mistake really uh, of the year in the race there. And then in Saxering where it was tricky conditions. Were there any worries at that point? You know, Aston, I was a bit, I was a bit, uh, I wouldn't say upset with myself, but I was a bit disappointed that I actually messed up because I had gone for so long, not really making any mistakes. And then in Aston, you know, I just saw, I saw a rider on my outside and I was scared he was going to close on me. So I really opened the throttle way too early, which I should never have done. And I had a little moment and ended up running off track. So uh, there I finished 12th. But then we arrived to Saxon Ring. I was really strong all weekend again. And it poured it rain in the race. And uh, my team, you know, they, they, they just said, you know, go out, get some points. Because the conditions, as you know, were, were terrible. So after that, I mean, since then, what, I've finished second every, second or first every race, except for Bruno, where I was winning by a few seconds and I crashed with, with four laps to go or something. So yeah, second half season's been sweet. <laughs> sweet is the right thing, but do you feel being a champion will change you? Not really, like, no, definitely not actually. No, I expected, oh, the only thing that's changed is I do a bit more media stuff. <laughs> Other than that, everything's exactly the same, eh? <laughs> uh, what's, what have been the key races for you this year? We've, we talked about Jerez, but is there anywhere else that you felt have been crucial to, to your title? Uh, I think, other than Hereth, obviously, uh, I'd say Silverstone uh, helped a lot because I won the race and Navarro didn't finish. Uh, same thing in Mazzano. So, you know, same thing in Mugello. So, you know, there's a few. One thing that I really, that I, when my other, my competitors crashed, I always managed to take a big advantage because I almost always won the race when Navarro or, ben or Bastianini had crashed out of the race. And I think that's what helped a lot. And did you see Navarro as your biggest challenger at the start of the year? At the beginning of the year, for sure. I mean, he was there every weekend. Unfortunately for him, with the injuries and all of that stuff he's had this year, it's been a lot more difficult the second half of the season. But, you know, now you've got guys like Bastianini who have come on so strong and uh, I just want to try to keep them all behind me. <laughs> <laughs> How hard has it been for you to get to this point in your career? Uh, you know, for me, the goal has always been to just try and make it into MotoGP. But I think it was more hard for my parents, to be honest. You know, for me, okay, I didn't really have a normal childhood because I was always in Europe or traveling, racing. But, you know, I don't mind. <laughs> this, is, this is the way I wanted to be. But, you know, for my parents, they made so many sacrifices. Like, uh, my mom lived in Europe for me for, with me for two years while my dad was at home in, in home with my brother in South Africa. And uh, obviously, it's, it's crazy. You know, the amount of things they did to get me here where I am today is 
it's insane and I can't thank them enough. Because you were a Red Bull rookie, weren't you? What were you doing before that? Before Red Bull Rookies Cup, I did a couple of races in Aprilia Super Teens. I think it was called the Thundersport yeah. Championship or something. I did that when I was 12. So uh, me and my dad rocked up to England, bought an Aprilia on the Wednesday, went to a track on the Thursday, put some the road fairings on the thing and then raced. So that was a lot of fun. I mean, I really enjoyed it. And uh, that, that was about it, actually. And where did the passion for motorcycling come from then? You know, before I was even born, I had bikes waiting for me. Oh, really? Yeah, my, my old man is a, <laughs> he's crazy about bikes and cars. So, uh, you know, I think two years in advance, before I was even big enough to step up a class, I had the bike ready there waiting. So uh, Was it yeah. a Triumph? Because he loves his Triumphs, doesn't he? I, I don't know, you know, my dad loves all bikes, just as long as they're old. They've got to be old. Oh, really? Yeah. So you had a classic bike waiting for you when you were a kid? No, no, I had a little Wee 50 uh, stuck in between all the classics. And, and was there much scope in South Africa to, to ride as a kid? You know, when I was much younger, we actually, there was a lot of kids racing in South Africa. You know, when I was in the 50cc class, there were 30 of us that would line up on the weekend. Uh, as I got a little bit older, things really died out. But um, at the beginning, it was incredible. You know, there was so many kids and it was always, you know, I used to enjoy going and playing with my mates more than the racing almost. Oh, really? So, so what about this in South Africa? What's, can you see the impact? What's it been like? Uh, you know, I think it's been good. Uh, it's a bit strange. Like some of my mates that don't really even watch bike racing all of a sudden are MotoGP fans, you know? It's a bit strange in a way, but um, I think it's definitely good for racing in South Africa. and. I hope uh, this can maybe try and open up a few more doors for some more South Africans to try getting some MotoGP. Yeah, it's to be hoped because what, what about the names, Cork Ballington and John Eckerall? What do they mean to you? You know, obviously they were quite a long time before mm. I even knew what a bike was. Before you were even born? <laughs> Way before I was born. But uh, last weekend I got to meet Cork Ballington, uh, Ballington and he, he's 100% South African. It was cool to see because, you know, I think a lot of people when they move to Europe, they kind of... I don't know, they change. They lose a bit of the South African in them, but uh, I don't want to do that. No. And it's good to see he never. <laughs> so what's the, what's the, what's, what makes a real South African then? Oh, know. a South African racer. Right, the way, the way we talk is a bit different. <laughs> yeah, we know sure. that much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know, just the way we go about things is a bit different, I suppose. Yeah. Obviously, you're moving to, to Moto2 mm -hmm. next year. How are you feeling about that move? Because for every Marc Marquez and Maverick Vinales, there's also been a Sandro Cortese or Alex Marquez or Danny Kent from our point of view. So how do you avoid going the way that they have at the moment? You know, I'm, I'm going into next season with an open mind. I'm not, uh, I'm going there, I'm going to give my 110%. And if I go out there and I finish 20th in the first race or I finish, I don't know, fifth, you never know. I'm just going there with the, the plan to work hard every weekend, you know, stick to, stick to my program. And I'm sure if I carry on working as hard as I have in Moto3, I don't know if it will take a few races or a few years, but I'm sure I can arrive to the top there too. How important is it then to be as part of the IO team? We'll talk about KTM in a second, but the IO team that's taken Joan Zarco to one, maybe two world titles in the class, how, how key is that? You know, I'm so fortunate to, to be going up to Moto2 with one of the, well, in my eyes, the best team in Moto2. Uh, you know, it's great because I've always, I always try to, well, basically last year I shared a crew chief with, with Zarko. Mm. So when you watch how they work and everything, I've really tried to learn from it and uh, try to stick almost a similar, do things in Moto3 similar to the way they do it in Moto2. 
Like, the guy in Moto2 that wins the race is always the guy with the super rhythm, you know? It's not really about one lap. And that's what I've been trying to work on this year. And I feel like I've made a good step in this direction and hopefully in Moto2 I can get better at it. What are your expectations for the KTM? You've had your first go on it now, haven't you? I haven't, no. Have you not had a go yet? No, I wish I had. So what are your expectations then for that bike? You know, from what I've heard, it's really good. Um, we're lucky enough to have Zarko ride the bike in Aragon, and he said he really likes the bike. So he said he had really good feeling, and he was really fast as well. So, you know, I, I think if, if it comes down to anything, it's going to be me riding terribly, and the bikes are going to be all right, you know. Uh, in my eyes, I'm sure the bikes are already at 100%. On a personal level, what have you learned about yourself this year? I don't know, I seem, to, I seem to deal quite well when things don't go according to plan, you know. Um, I just try, I don't, I try not to think too much about the future. I just try to deal with everything as it comes, day by day. You know, when you go to sleep at night, sweet, the day's over. When you wake up in the morning, start again. And uh, in this way, I find like, I don't really have too much stress. And I just go about everything in a more simple way, and it works out good for me. You don't want to talk about the future, but what about MotoGP in the future? Oh, that would be good. I hope I get to MotoGP. You weren't tempted to, to go straight up there like Jack did? Well, if I had an option, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> but I definitely didn't. So, uh, you know, but I, I'm, I want to go to Moto2. I, I was lucky enough to have 10 laps on Zarco's bike in, in Valencia at the end of last year. And, you know, I rode this thing and I was like, yo, it's strong and it's heavy. So going straight up and adding 100 horsepower to that, I think, would be insane. So, uh, yeah, I'm happy to be going to Moto2, that's for sure. But will it happen? Will MotoGP happen? I hope so. Like, <laughs> I definitely plan on getting to MotoGP. I hope my results are good enough. And then uh, if we can get there, I'll be stoked. Brilliant, Brad. Well, congratulations on what's been a fantastic season in 2016. And long may it continue into Moto2 next year. Thank you very much. Right, it's been a pleasure. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> What a top lad, Brad Binder is, and uh, makes you just miss the bikes, doesn't it? But don't worry, MotoGP will be with you on your screens in no time. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.